Good morning. Merry Christmas. We're going to be looking together now at Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. You can find them just on the inside of the piece of paper, the program that you were given as you came in. You can see them there just on the left-hand side. Uh, let, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Christmas. We thank you for the opportunity to think about your word now and the Lord Jesus Christ, our great treasure. We pray that you help us to understand your word and to rejoice in your goodness. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Joshua. <laughs> wow, Joshua, that was good playing. Um, what, what song was that? It's called You Talk Too Much. I Talk Too Much. Why are you playing that? No reason. Huh. Okay, well, happy Christmas, Joshua. Can you tell us, um, what did you get for Christmas uh, this year, Joshua? Nothing. Nothing? Don't your parents love you? (laughs) No, they do love me. Yes, they do love me. But this year, earlier this year, I wanted to buy this saxophone. And it cost a lot of money. So I agreed with them to give up two birthdays and a Christmas to get it. Two birthdays and one Christmas? So... You're telling me then that for your birthday this year, you got nothing. That's right. And Christmas today, everyone else was opening their presents and you opened nothing. Yep. And and for your birthday next year, you're going to get nothing. Correct. Oh, Joshua, that's that's a big sacrifice. Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling upset about that? No, I'm really happy about it. I love my saxophone. It's much more valuable to me than anything else I could get for my birthday or Christmas. Well, thanks very much, Joshua. Well... Warren! <laughs> well, there he is, in person. The child who sacrificed Christmas. That's a... That's a pretty big deal for a 12-year-old, don't you reckon? To give up so much, to give up even his Christmas presents for the sake of that saxophone. But did you notice, Joshua's not upset about it at all. He wasn't crying this morning when his siblings opened their presents. He won't be crying this afternoon when his siblings open their Christmas presents and he has nothing. No, no, he'll be happy to have his saxophone for Joshua It's a joyful sacrifice this Christmas because his saxophone is worth more. Lots more, believe me. (laughs) It reminds me of two parables of Jesus. Uh, Those uh, two short parables that were read earlier that Bianca beautifully read for us, parables about the kingdom of heaven from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. I've put them there on your outline and if you have a look there with me, you'll see... Can you see there the verse marked number 44? Can you see it there on the left-hand side? Matthew 13, 44, it's about two-thirds, halfway down there. Can you see, Jesus says there that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, a treasure that's been hidden in a field. See, back in those days, they didn't have banks to steal all their money, I mean, I mean to look after all their money. And, and so they used to do things like hide it in fields, uh, bury it to keep it safe. That's what's happened here in the parable. Someone has hidden a valuable treasure in the ground. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Have a look with me. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. 
The kingdom of heaven, says Jesus, is like treasure hidden in a field. Well, now, in this story, the, uh, the owner, something must have happened to the owner of the treasure because the treasure is just left lying there in the field. One day, a bloke happens to be walking along through the field and, and he, he stumbles across the treasure. Now, under the law of the day, the treasure belongs to the owner of the field. The, the man can't just you know, pick it up and take it, find his keepers, that kind of thing. No, no. It, it, it belongs to the owner of the field. So what the man does, he, he hides the treasure again and then he makes it his life ambition to get hold of that field. He has a massive garage sale, puts everything up on eBay and Gumtree, sells everything he has so that he can buy that field with its hidden treasure. Come back with me to, to verse 44. Kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. A couple of things to notice. First, do you see what the guy has to sell? Everything, all his stuff. His house, his car, his iPhone 7, his flat screen TV, his, his Stratocaster, even the clothes off his back, even his collection of Hawaiian shirts. It all has to go auctioned to the highest bidder. He has to sell every single thing to get hold of this field. But the second thing to notice, do, do you see his attitude there? He sells everything he has with joy. He's, he, he's stoked to give it all up. It's just, oh, as he sees his stuff disappear at the garage sale, he can't stop giggling. Every time something else goes on Gumtree, he, he's jumping for joy. And why? Because he knows that treasure is so much more valuable. So what's Jesus saying here? What's the point of the parable? Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is valuable. More valuable than everything else you have, than anything else you could have put together. If you could just know how valuable God's kingdom is, you would joyfully give up everything you have to be part of it. You'd give up every birthday present. You'd give up every Christmas present. You'd give up everything if you knew, if you only knew how valuable God's kingdom is. The second story is quite similar. This time we meet a merchant. He's on the lookout for pearls. But then he comes across one particular pearl. And it is spectacular. The, the most beautiful, precious, gorgeous thing he has ever seen. This guy knows his pearls and this is a pearl of a pearl, so to speak. It's so valuable. He, he, he must own it. And so again, like with the first bloke, he has a big garage sale, sells everything he owns, including the garage itself, everything goes, until finally he's sitting by the side of the road in his undies with that pearl in his hand and with a big grin on his face. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value... He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. What's the point of this parable? What's, what's Jesus' point here? It's exactly the same as the last one, isn't it? What's, what's he saying about the kingdom of heaven? 
It is valuable. It is worth giving up everything for with joy, with pleasure. The, the kingdom of heaven is worth gleefully giving up everything. The kingdom of heaven is valuable. That, that's the point. I hope it's clear. But it leaves us with two questions, I think, on this Christmas day. Two questions. First, what is this kingdom of heaven? And second, how do I get hold of it? How do I get this incredibly, wonderfully valuable thing? Do you see the questions? What is the kingdom of heaven and how do I get hold of it? Let's look at each question in turn. Question one, what is the kingdom of heaven? When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking, ultimately, about an eternal place. A place where he rules as king. A place where there's no sin or crying or death. A place where people are in perfect relationship with, with God and with each other. Where, where we are transformed into the people we were made to be and always wanted to be. We're... On your outline there's a description of it from Revelation chapter 21. Can you see it there on the right hand side? Uh, on the right hand side now. What is the kingdom of heaven? Revelation 21.3 Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Look at the next little section from the next chapter, Revelation 22. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb, that's Jesus, will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They'll see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There'll be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Ultimately, the kingdom of God is an eternal place, a place where we will know God, serve God, be with God in delight forever. And here in these two parables, Jesus makes it clear, it will be fantastic, spectacular, magnificent. If you only knew how magnificent it will be, you'd gladly give up everything for it. So to our second question then, second question, how can you be part of this kingdom? How can you get hold? How can you have a place in this kingdom of heaven? Well, I need to tell you, there's some bad news and some good news. Bad news and good news. Let me tell you the bad news first. Here it is. We don't naturally have a place in God's kingdom. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is pure. The kingdom of heaven is perfect. I, I don't know if you ever saw that beer commercial. The one where everything is pure, but then the beer truck comes. L let me show it to you. Thanks, John.
that picture, that place, of course, it, it's, it's directly modelled from the biblical picture of the kingdom of heaven, the lion lying down with the lamb, all that kind of thing. It, it, the point, it, it's, it's pure. It's, what does it say? A place much more pure than ours. In the case of the kingdom of heaven, it is pure because there's no sin there. But of course, you and I are not pure, are we? We don't always do the right thing, the loving thing, the pure thing. We're a bit more like the guy living on a prayer, like I got for my CD today. Um, and so, so for us to be part of the kingdom of heaven, it, it, it's a bit like that bloke in the beer truck. We'll, we'll, we'll dirty the place. In fact, the Bible says there's no place for people like you and me in the kingdom of heaven. Impure people like us don't belong there. And you can see that there again on your program from Revelation chapter 21. Can you see it there at the last, last bit in the bad news? It says, Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is incredibly valuable. If you only knew how valuable it is, you would lovingly, gladly, joyfully give up everything you've ever had, everything you ever could have to be part of it. But the bad news is this, as we are, you and I can have no place in it. Friends, if we knew how valuable the kingdom of heaven is, if we knew what a pearl it is, we'd realise this is extremely bad news. The worst news imaginable. So what's the good news? The good news is this. The good news is that Jesus came that first Christmas to open up a place in the kingdom of heaven for you and for me. That is the good news of Christmas. We don't deserve a place. We can't earn a place. We are not pure, but Jesus can give us a place. Friends, that's why he came. That's why he was born into this world as a man. Why, as we've sung, he abhorred not the virgin's womb. Why he was pleased with man, as man with man to dwell. Jesus came to live a pure, sin-free life, the kind of life that belongs in the kingdom of heaven. But more than that, Jesus came to die in our place, to, to pay the price for our sin, for our impurity, to wash away our sin, our impurity, to cleanse us from sin. Again, we sing it in our carols, don't we? Jesus with his blood mankind has bought, so that there may be peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Jesus came to live and to die, having paid the full price then for our impurity. Jesus rose again from the dead. He ascended to God's right hand, and now he has opened up a place for all who will rely on him, a place in the kingdom of heaven. So how can we have a place in the kingdom of heaven? We can't deserve a place. We can't earn a place. We will never be good enough. We will never be pure enough. But Jesus can give us a place. And like with all Christmas presents, it is a free gift. All we need to do is receive it. Rely on Jesus. Rely on his life, death and resurrection for us. Accept the forgiveness and cleansing he offers. Submit to him as our king here and now. That is, take our place in his kingdom now as we look forward to his ultimate reality in heaven. Friends, if you'd like to know more about this, I would love to talk more about, about it with you. If you want to know how to receive this gift, please, please, I'd love to talk to you. Feel very free to call me, to email me. You can find my details on the back of the service program that was given to you. Friends, friends, I hope that unlike my son Joshua, you get lots of nice Christmas presents this year. 
But this Christmas, my prayer for Joshua and for you and for me is this. I pray that we will know the greatest Christmas gift of all, the gift that is worth more than every other Christmas present put together. I pray that through faith in Jesus, we will receive the gift, the incredibly valuable gift of a place in the kingdom of heaven. Happy Christmas. Let's pray. A gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to live and to die and to rise again, that we may have a place in your perfect kingdom of heaven. Please help us never to rely on ourselves, never to think we're going to be good enough or pure enough to get into heaven. Help us instead to rely only on Jesus, our Saviour and King. In his name we pray.